Welcome back to Motor and Millennials with Anthony Lucci and Zach Rothenberger. Uh, we got a great episode ahead of us today on your favorite automotive podcast. So, you know, sit down or go in your garage and grab a beer and, you know, get ready to listen. So uh, before we get into what the, the whole podcast is going to be about today, just wanted to recap some of our latest episodes Last week, we had on Joe Dederick, who became the most recent King of the Creek down in Maryland International Raceway. Uh, excellent, excellent bracket racer. So make sure uh, you go back and check out the episode where he joined us on the podcast. Previous to that, we talked about automotive detail. And so we had an episode uh, called Automotive Detail 101. Uh, really goes over how to clean your paint properly and uh, go over some paint correction tips and uh, that's going to be the first episode in a series of detailing episodes uh, that we're going to be rolling out in the future. So definitely make sure you listen to that one first before we roll out any future ones. Um, and prior to that episode, we had Mike Gironi on, who races the Fiat Altered Funny Car. Mike is another motoring millennial, just like all of us. So uh, make sure you go back and listen to when he joined us on the podcast as well. So... What's going on today, Zach? How are we doing? I'm doing great. You know, uh, sun's shining and uh, we're in the thick of uh, racing season and car show season. So, you know, it's a great time to be alive. Yeah, that's right. It is. How about yourself? Good, good. I'm, you know, ready to talk about some drag racing. And I think we got an interesting topic uh, on our hands here. Curious to see what our listeners think about uh, quarter mile versus eighth mile drag racing. So I think it's going to be a uh, a fun episode and we're going to learn a lot and talk about the differences between the uh the two different lengths of drag racing yeah that's right that's right um b- before we uh we dive into our topic though uh we gotta we gotta mention that yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the fast and the furious uh movie series i mean that's pretty crazy i think that's when you know that us as millennials we're actually getting older we're getting old now that 20 years ago like that <laughs> iconic movie at least in our you know, automotive uh, journey, I guess, if you will, was released. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Now, did you see all of them or just um, just the early, you know, the early ones that came out? After uh, the one in 2009, which I think was called Fast and Furious, uh, I pretty much stopped. I think it got, it got a little too action and adventure for me, you know, kind yeah, of off the, the automotive and racing. The most, you know, even though none of it was really that realistic, but the most like racing esque uh one was the first one so that's probably my favorite one to be honest with you i agree hands down that was a that that was a great movie and will always be a legendary movie but and speaking of that movie did you see recently that uh paul walker's uh supra the orange one the famous car just sold at barrett jackson for i believe five hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't no, surprise me I, at all. Yeah, I actually think like for that significant of a movie car, it's in that world, I think it's a pretty good price. I, I mean, I do agree. I mean, I mean to be honest, I, like in in ten years from now, that that might be might be double. Like like the Bullet Mustang that sold a year or two back, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. as our generation becomes more, you know, able to afford or into the collect like the idea of collecting cars and things like that i mean they're going to want that car so i think that's a great investment for whoever purchased purchased that vehicle it's definitely you know a cool looking car and uh 
but what a legendary race against uh, Dom's Charger. I mean, how could you ever forget that and and the end of it with with him? What was he jumping over railroad track? Yeah, while the train's coming and then, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty incredible. I mean, and, and to be honest, I mean that was like that was probably a 10 second quarter mile pass, but it f- sure felt like it was a 30 second, you know, pass in your hoopty. Um. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would have, would have had a, had, I might've had both of them. <laughs> you probably, you might've, you know, add a little nitrous, you'd be good. But yeah, like you said, it almost seemed like the longest drag race in history. And speaking of a long drag race, we're going to, we're going to talk about some shorter drag races. So today we're going to talk about, quarter mile versus eighth mile drag races, right, Zach? I mean, this, this is a pretty big topic and uh, we're seeing a lot of eighth mile racing across the country. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's definitely, you know, the whole, it's, it's funny being up in, in Pennsylvania and in, in the Northeast and growing up bracket racing, drag racing up in, you know, the early two thousands up, up in, in PA and Maple Grove, you know, it was almost like blasphemy to consider running eighth mile, it was always strictly, you know, quarter mile racing. And that's all that we pretty much knew, but you know, it's, it's funny when you think about like the tracks below the Mason Dixon line, I mean, sure. There's a lot of racetracks that are quarter mile long or that, you know, are a full quarter mile, but might run eighth mile. There's the whole concept of eighth mile bracket racing really started down in the southern regions of, of the country. And that was kind of more their style for whatever reason. I'm not sure that would, I need to do some research or some interviews, but, uh, you know, it really started down south. And then we're kind of seeing the trends, you know, like, for example, with Joe, when he won that race, you know, at MIR and when Jeff Sarah run, won the million dollar race and other guests that we had on the FRBR promotions with Andy and Shane, their races, like those are all eighth mile races and they're all big money races. When I say big money, typically meaning more than a $5,000 payout to the winner. So we've definitely seen like eighth mile kind of, it's kind of changed a lot. And especially recently, you know, when I was at Maple Grove for the Ronald McDonald race, you know, they went from quarter mile to eighth mile. And I've noticed that whenever there's been rain in the week, you know, whatever Maple Grove, for example, notoriously has some water seepage to the top end of the track. So they, they then push it to eighth mile. Whereas years past 10, 15 years ago, that was almost like, you know, <laughs> you couldn't do that. That was almost like a sin right. to do that. Whereas now everyone's a lot more open-minded to the concept of eighth mile. And it's, it's just very, um, it's just very, you know, interesting how kind of we're all seeing the shift in eighth mile racing for the most part, obviously Cecil County is still a quarter mile, but a track that's also up in PA that kind of splits the difference, which is really unique is new media dragway. They do a thousand foot. They don't do eighth mile or quarter mile. They try to appease either crowd at, they every, run at every race, at every race, every bracket oh. race is only a thousand foot, which obviously, you know, speaking of a thousand foot, we know the top fuel classes, the funny cars and dragsters, you know, they went to a thousand foot, you know, pretty much abrupt, like abruptly after, you know, Scott Coletta's unfortunate um, accident and, and death, which um, believe it or not, was actually 13 years ago today, as of uh, Monday of this week. So it's pretty crazy, you know, how we're seeing this, the shorter lengths concept kind of, kind of uh take effect, especially in North in the Northern part of the country, whereas, you know, anyone down South listening probably thinks I'm crazy, but we weren't, we haven't really been used to this until the last several years. It's kind of taken shape and there's, 
you know, there's a lot of reasons why, which we're about to get into. But one thing I want to mention before is we talked about, we did a poll on um, Instagram uh, the other day and did, what do you prefer? Quarter mile drag racing or eighth mile? And it's funny, 64% preferred quarter mile, whereas um, 36% preferred eighth mile. And in looking at who was saying eighth mile versus quarter mile, it was pretty interesting because um, I noticed a lot of people who liked heads up racing say quarter mile. I noticed a lot of people who are really thick into the bracket racing scene said eighth mile. So there's, from a trends perspective, obviously we've seen geographical shifts and people adapting certain eighth mile racing versus quarter mile. And it's also kind of a style of, of racing too, that people prefer, whether it's, you know, seeing how fast your car can run. Is it a 10 second car, you know, for example, in the quarter mile, things like that. But, uh, you know, while we talk about the trends, you know, we're going to also talk about some of the track operations behind running eighth mile instead of quarter mile, the benefits are just some differences, um, how you set up your car to run eighth mile versus quarter mile. Because again, we're seeing a lot of trends shifting towards eighth mile racing. So we're going to probably focus more on the eighth mile side of things for this episode. And then, uh, lastly, we're going to talk some bracket racing strategy for eighth mile. So who doesn't like, who doesn't like that? Right. So, um, so Lucci from a track operational perspective, I mean, there's definitely some differences, obviously, because you're cutting down the track from 1,320 feet to 660 feet, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I can think first off, right, there's a benefit for whoever owns the track. If, if you just say, let's just say the positive would be, well, you will always want more drag strips, right? <laughs> exactly. You so, gotta, um, whether it's quarter mile or eighth mile, you got to be open. You just want a place to race. Right. Exactly. And there's, there are, you know, I think it's, it's like us growing up where Zach and I are both within 35, 40 minutes from a track. Um, we've been very blessed and lucky to have that, but there are some people who have to drive three hours, maybe even more to get to a racetrack. So the great, the great thing is like, Hey, even if they build an eighth mile track, it's better than nothing. Right. So, but from an operational standpoint, once you do have that track, um, you know, there's a lot, a lot faster turnaround time, right? When you, when you're having races. So you, as soon as cars done, right, you can start the burnout sooner. You can get a lot more cars going through and essentially have a better event. Um, with bigger, bigger payouts, like we're saying, and, that, and that's what people want. I mean, this is an expensive hobby, you know, when you really get into it, um, you got to have some kind of reward for people that are going to show up and, and travel to a track. Um, a lot easier prep too, right? So you don't have to prep. It's, it's like you said, 660 feet versus 1320. So a lot easier, uh, quicker, less manpower to prep that track. Um, like you said, with Maple Grove, having the water seepage issues at the top end, you know, you don't really have, there's not as much of a risk because you're not running as fast of a mile per hour at the top end. Um, so there's definitely a lot of benefits. Uh, another one, less oil downs. How often, I mean, it's usually an oil downs at the top end of the track, right? Um, so, you know, part of that is you're not pushing your engine as hard um, when you're going through the traps, because, you know, again, it's 660 feet less. Um, and it, pretty much if you were to say half the time, you know, it depends on the car, of course, but you know, you're, you're not, 
you're not pushing the engine as hard for as long of a period of time. So um, you definitely, you know, it, it saves you on parts for guys who are really pushing the envelope with the power that they're making, um, you know, and it also, you know, kind of makes it a little bit more, you know, competitive at the starting line. So, you know, I, like you said, from the operational standpoint, there's that definitely a lot of, a lot of benefits, a lot of positives. Um, but yeah, that also, you know, makes the race completely different. And, you know, you have to prep your, you know, prepare your car and maybe even build your car to really be prepared for eighth mile racing rather than quarter mile. I mean, right. Zach, it's like a lot of people used to say like, Oh, horsepower is the big number. Like you got to have a lot of horsepower. Well, it's like shit. If you can't get off the line, you know, you need, you need torque to get off the line. So you would definitely want to have, a, you know, your car set up. Um, because a, a lot of the races, you know, you also got to practice the tree really good too, right? So, because a lot of races might be um, one at the light, but you want to be making a lot of torque to have a good 60 foot. What else, Zach, would you say is like good, you know, to have good tips for to have your car set up for eighth mile racing? Yeah, for sure. So basically, you know, to get kind of in, in bracket racing, you know, if, if your car is set up for a quarter mile and it's consistent, you could, you'd be fine with eighth mile as well. But if you're looking to kind of squeak out, you know, a couple extra, you know, tenths or, you know, half a second or just hundredths in general, uh, from a performance and speed perspective from quarter mile down to eighth mile, you know, number one, probably the most obvious thing would be to lower your rear gear. So, you know, cause you, you have less tracks, so you need to be able to make sure you can get up into your, your, um, your engine's power band sooner than you would need to necessarily, you know, necessarily in a quarter mile, because there's more room in a quarter mile, obviously. So basically if you have a, you know, a 410 rear gear in your car that you run quarter mile with. And then say the track that you're racing at is now fully eighth mile and you still want to get the best performance and the quickest speed that you can in your eighth mile car, you might need to go, you know, obviously it depends on the weight of your vehicle too. And if it's a drag server door car, you know, I'm thinking mainly door car in this example, if you have a 410 gear, now you're running eighth mile all the time, you might want to go up to 486. But that being said, you also need to make sure that the engine, you know, like we talked about with the power band, you also need to make sure that the engine has the proper camshaft in it. So that way you you can buzz it quicker and you're in the power band quicker um, for that shorter distance, you know, um, and obviously. So what this means essentially is, yeah, horsepower is great, but we need to have torque, too. So that way you can get going earlier and you get a hard pull off the starting line like you had mentioned. Um, this might also mean, you know, you need to loosen your converter a little bit because maybe instead of launching your RPM at 3000 RPM, maybe you need to go up to 3,500, maybe you need something a little bit looser. That way it gets you that much closer again to your power band and whatever that camshaft selection and engine combination that you do put together. Um, so that we can get into that power band quicker because you have less room now. So, you know, things like that would absolutely help, um, you know, from a performance perspective and getting your ET down lower, if you had to make that transition from quarter mile to eighth mile. And again, when it comes to bracket racing, it's all about consistency. So you don't have to necessarily do that, but if you're looking to get peak performance as well as consistency, that would be the route that you would ideally need to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be, uh, don't run in an eighth mile with some highway gears in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's not, not good idea. for your, not good for your reaction time either. Although I will say like my Camaro, for example, has 373 has a 373 rear gear, but I have a smaller tire on the back. So it kind of compensates for that 
that kind of highway gear ratio that you mentioned. So that's another route you can go, but if you're making more power, you're going to need a bigger tire, like a slick in the back. If you're like a nine second car or a low 10 second car, well, you can get away with the radial, but mainly a nine second car, eight second car, you need yeah. a big slick in the back. To, to oh, yeah. You're, you're not highway gears. You're, you're, I'm talking like 293. <laughs> 290, yeah. Oh yeah. Geez. That was, <laughs> yeah. You might be better off at a car show for that gear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just no. stay on the highway. Yeah. But, um, you know, kind of along with, like, we've talked about, obviously, like the trends that we've seen from quarter mile to eighth mile, especially up here in the northeast part of the country. We talked about the track operations, how you can, you know, because it's eighth mile, you can run races quicker. You can have a car in the shutdown area while the other car is leaving the starting line. And that's what we see a lot of people are doing. And then we just, as we just talked about with how to set up your car for eighth mile versus quarter mile racing. So now we're talking about, let's talk a little bit of bracket racing strategy and some things you need to be aware of when you're running quarter mile instead of, uh, or I'm sorry, eighth mile instead of quarter mile. Cause again, we're seeing the trend shift eighth mile. So that's why we're putting a lot of emphasis on the eighth mile portion of this conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I've found over the years is in what you just from watching and from racing, because you're only running 660 feet. Now you have less variables for your car to be inconsistent headwind and tailwind will not affect the vehicle as much, especially at a track. Like for example, not to keep referencing Maple Grove, but Maple Grove where the, the stands like the, the eighth mile, there's stands on both sides of the track and you don't actually get past the stands on the track until after eighth mile. So technically the wind will not affect you much in that situation. There's less opportunity, you know, for any little thing to happen that would slow your car down per se. Cause again, there's less track. So there's less variables. It's limiting numerous things like the winds, the, the track may be going away at the top end, um, things like that. So in, in an ideal world, the track prep from the starting line to eighth mile should be almost perfect because it's less, like we talked about with track operations, it's less track. You have to prep and all that good stuff. You can use, you can use your VHT, you know, more efficiently and differently. Uh, one thing that I've noticed, and I know a lot of other people have, but some might not, is when you're judging the top end in the eighth mile versus the quarter mile, um, there's a couple things. And the first thing I'll say is a lot of people think that when you're a second slower car and if you're trying to judge the top end on someone coming up next to you, a lot of people think that they're going to fly right next to you or fly right by you. And it's so hard to judge the finish line. Well, for example, my race, I had it was second round the other week. I was dialed, you know, a 770, which equates to like an 1190 or a 12.0 quarter mile time. And I was against someone dialed a 667, which I believe would equate to a low 10 second car. So basically a 12 second car versus 10 second car. But I'll tell you in an eighth mile, it was only one second difference off the dial in. And it was almost like slow motion at the top end, him coming up on me. It wasn't as drastic as it would be say in a quarter mile. So from that perspective, it could be a little bit easier to see the race play out if you're the slower car versus in a quarter mile would be a little bit more challenging in my opinion. Um, some other thing is with the finish line margins, you know, because you're only running eighth mile, your, your mile per hour is a lot slower than what it would be at a quarter mile. So 20 thousands finish line stripe at an eighth mile, because you're going slower will be tighter than it would be at a quarter mile. Because, and I say this because when you're at a quarter mile, if you're going 100, if you're in a dragster and you're going 170 miles per hour, that 20,000 stripe, and if your other guy is going 170 as well, if you have a 20,000 advantage, that guy going the same speed as you can make up that ET a lot quicker at the quarter mile because they're going so fast. So 20,000 might be, and I'm not saying this is accurate per se, but it might be three and a half feet, three feet 
finish line stripe, but at eighth mile, when you're only going 130, 140 at that point in time, 20 foul might be more like two feet or two and a half feet. So it's a little bit tighter to judge. I mean, for example, and not to keep referencing my race, but this is how it was running eighth mile was the round I lost the, uh, the girl I was racing took 20,000 stripe and it was so close that I thought she had gave it, gave it back to me. So that's how tight 20,000 is at the eighth mile versus where it is when you're a quarter mile, it's still tight. Obviously it's still great, but it's a little bit more because your cars are going at a faster speed. So, you know, with that faster speed, your opposing racer could make up that distance quicker. You know, if that makes sense, it's all kind of like, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all also, kind of a mind, yeah. <laughs> mind F. And, and also, I mean, like a, a 10 second car versus a 12 second car is making a lot more horsepower, you know? So, um, you know, it could be also combined with the weight of the vehicle too, but that all comes into a factor when you're, like you said, at a higher rate of speed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. So as always, like it's easier to judge the finish line when you're going at a slower yeah, exactly. speed versus when you're going at a faster speed. And, yeah. you know, speaking of finish line and strategy, like we're talking about, you know, because it's only 660 feet. And I know we had Eric Paterka on a while back. He said the same thing. It's very reactionary. It's not, it's not, uh, you don't really have much time to overthink the finish line because, yeah. <laughs> you know, in a quarter mile, you pretty much have the entire track to try to figure out like where, the, where your opposing racer is, or you had your strategy in mind, what you're going to do. Whereas an eighth mile, it's like, you need to know you whether you come quick. You need, yeah, you need to know pretty quick. And you also need to know, like when you leave the starting line, like how confident do you feel about your reaction time? So that way, you know, like, all right, I should have room at the, at the finish line or I don't know. It's going to be tough for me to make this up. Yeah. But just in general bracket racing strategy, you know, it's always nice to try to visualize what the race is going to look like. So that way, so that way, when that situation arises in an eighth mile and it's such a quick race, whether it's four seconds, seven seconds, whatever, you can kind of already not predetermined because you don't want to assume, but you can already kind of see how it plays out in your mind and have ideas of what you need to do. It's so just in general, it's important to have your strategy in place and to kind of have your, what you run your own race in regards to figuring out like, this is what it's going to look like. This is what I need to do. This is my game plan. And I'm going to gauge, I'll gauge the, where my oppose my opposing, my opponent is, but I know this is what I need to do. So that's just some, some strategy to, to consider in general, whether it's quarter mile or eighth mile, but specifically eighth mile, like we, like we said. Yeah. And I think like you, like we were saying, Zach, we're going to probably see a lot more eighth mile, uh, racing, uh, like we heard from Joe, they're, they're working on, uh, a money race, you know, coming in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're definitely excited to see that and, you know, um, you know, it also is, you know, you're not moving at such a high rate of speed. It is a little bit safer racing eighth mile. And like you said, you can get, get more cars out, you know, and you're still having, I mean, at least for me personally, like I love to hit at the throttle. I'm like, mm-hmm. boom, like top end of the track. It's like, all right, you want to, you know, sometimes it kind of drags out a little bit too long, you know? So it's, it's kind of a little bit faster boom, boom, you can get more races in and that's always a benefit for everyone. So, you know, it, it is true what you said, though, Zach, like growing up where we are, I always used to be like oh, quarter mile, quarter mile. But it's like there's so many benefits to eighth mile and it's, it's just a different way of thinking. It's like anything, you know, if they 
say they shut down all, there was no more quarter mile drag racing, let's just hypothetically, and you were forced to run eighth mile. Well, your brain would adjust to that over time. So, you know, um, you know, but so it's still drag racing. We still love it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of um, folks who are so are are very anti eighth mile because they Mm -hmm. want to run quarter mile and, you know, all that good stuff. But the way I look at it is, is as long as we can race, you know, with everything going on, we got to support the racetracks while we can. And and we're, we're able to race at the end of the day. So like you said, there's a lot of benefits. It's a lot less, you're not, you're not as hard on parts or your vehicle, (laughs) um, along with the many other things that we had mentioned. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of benefits and it's just another way, like you said, you just got to adapt and it's, it's regardless, you're still getting your adrenaline rush and it's exciting. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, before we, we kind of wrap up the conversation with, uh, with quarter mile and, and eighth mile, um, drag racing and some differences and nuances and stuff. We want to send uh, our, our deepest condolences to the, to, uh, the Seipel family. Um, Kyle Seipel, for those who don't know, is, is, you know, very sadly and way too soon has passed away. Um, he was a legendary racer, race promoter, and, you know, and track manager. And I can absolutely say that, you know, indirectly, cause we never met him, but I've heard him, you know, announce at some of the big money races and things like that, that, uh, he's had a huge impact on us and just the in general bracket racing community indirectly because of what he had did for the sport and promoting the sport and everything he had done. So, you know, we wanted to make sure, you know, to, to mention that and send, uh, send our condolences to, to his family and his friends still. Yeah. His, his, his family is definitely in our thoughts and prayers right now. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Hey, you know, as always, we appreciate everyone uh, for, for tuning into this, this episode. And uh, you know, we're going to be doing some more polls like we did often about the quarter mile and eighth mile comparison. And we want to hear if, if we had something to say that you didn't agree with, or if you're with us and, or if you're on the eighth mile train, or if you're not on the eighth mile train, definitely reach out to us. We'd love to keep that conversation going and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at motoring millennials. Um, and I know we mentioned this a couple episodes from now, but you will definitely want to be checking out our social media pages because we have some very exciting news coming soon regarding some apparel um, and some other campaigns we're working on. So definitely be sure to check. A lot of good stuff ahead. A lot yeah. of good stuff this year. A lot of great stuff. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we love, we love the sport and we love this hobby. So we're excited to share some things with you coming soon. Um, and as well, we're going to be at the uh, Independence um, showdown at Maple Grove, the race by uh, FRBR promotions. So, you know, that's a phenomenal race and check out FRBR promotions on Facebook um, and just in general social media and on Maple Grove's website to learn more about that race. So, and Zach, that's, that's July 2nd, 3rd and 4th, correct? Correct. Yeah. And actually the first that Thursday uh, you can park and there's also like a 64 car shootout. So if you want to watch some racing, there's a test and tune as well for those people participating. Uh, It's a, it's a great event run by even better people. So definitely check that out. And uh, that pretty much does it for, for this week's episode. We, uh, like I said, we look forward to hearing from you and we'll talk to you next week as always. Keep on motoring. Hit it.